Superman is dead. Earth is in peril. Who will save us? Only the worst heroes ever. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. To the Suicide Squad edition of the Geek Confidential Podcast. Today we are discussing the film where anti-heroes save the day. Joining me, we have Craig Peters. Welcome. Hello. And also joining me today uh, is Nick Sharnick, who some people who might follow my Instagram feed would have seen him from the Phoenix Con photos because he went and did cosplay. And he's also the friend who I've mentioned in recent podcasts who is a bit of a Pokemon Go fan. So it's a pleasure having you on the, the podcast today, Nick. Looking forward to discussing Suicide Squad. With Indeed, you. thank you for having me. Let's dive into this film. Warner Brothers wants the anti-heroes to make a lot of money for them at the box office. Craig, what's your quick take on the film? Well, first of all, these guys are not anti-heroes. They're villains. They start out this film, they're clearly villains. I'm not a big fan of this film. I mean, it's not terrible. Uh, I I sat through it. I had some, there were some laughs. There was a, it was a little lighter than I figured, feared it would be. So I wasn't completely uh, blown out of my seat with how bad it was. But, but I also wasn't real pleased with how good it was. Okay. Nick, when it comes to superhero films in the past, you and I have discussed them. And when I asked you if you're going to go watch The Avengers, you were like, is that a film with a bunch of superheroes in a group? And <laughs> you had no interest in seeing it. But the moment I mentioned Suicide Squad, you're like, I'm so going to that. What was your quick take on this? I do recall that, Luke. And yes, the moment it was announced, I had been hyped for it for quite a while. Um, I just thought it was a cool take on it. You know, there's so many superhero movies. I was interested to see where they could go with a, a villain movie. And I like the concept of bringing them together to with a common enemy and goal. Um, I think my hype was a little too high when I, my expectations, when I went into it, I, I was a little disappointed. I agree with, with a lot of what Craig said. Uh, I had some laughs. I enjoyed it overall, but it wasn't what I had hoped it would be. I, I left feeling kind of let down. Initially, when the very first trailer came out for Suicide Squad, I was like, I have absolutely no interest in this because it was so dark and it was depressing. And I'm just not into that when it comes to comic book movies, for the most part. There's some exceptions, but for the most part, I don't want to see a group of heroes or villains in a depressing movie. And so I was like, I'm not going to Suicide Squad. Well, then... Deadpool came along and made a lot of money because of its humor. And then Batman versus Superman came along and was not the box office success that Warner Brothers hoped for. And so they decided they were going to um, make some tweaks to the format. And the second trailer that came out was very much more in the spirit of, say, a Guardians of the Galaxy or a Deadpool. There was more humor. The music that they chose was very much in the vein of the guardians of the galaxy trailer and so i was okay maybe this is going to be better than 
I thought. By the time the movie arrived, I was actually looking for it. And then I saw the movie, the reviews come out. I was like, uh oh. And so after I was done, basically my thought was it was better than I expected, but not as good as I hoped for. Now, once again, anybody who listens to Geek Confidential podcast, we discuss spoilers. So listen at your own risk. If you want to listen to this podcast after you watch the movie, feel free. So basically, the premise of this is that in a world where Superman is dead, who is going to save Earth if someone attacks it again? And Amanda Waller, portrayed by Viola Davis, who won an Emmy last season for a role in How to Get Away with Murder, portrays Amanda Waller. And her thought is, I'm going to get every single badass villain that I can possibly get bring them together as a team. We're going to go in and have them do black op operations. And then if something goes wrong, we have plausible deniability and we can disavow any of their actions. Not a bad premise when you're thinking about government surveillance and government black ops. In a world where Superman and Batman live, it can work. Craig, what did you think of Amanda Waller, her her second-in-command, Rick Flagg, and how she brought the team together. Well, first of all, I want you to understand, and Miracle Max would tell you that he's not, that Superman is not dead. He's only mostly dead. He's not all dead. So there is hope. So that's first. Number two. Well, based on the film, which they had, <laughs> he was buried in a, in a casket in a grave. Did you not see the end of I'm, the film? Did you not see the end? I saw the end of the okay, film, now. but I'm just saying. So he's only mostly dead. But, yes, but still, okay. for the intent and purposes of the world in which she they now believe reworks, that he's dead. Yes, yes. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I thought I thought this is where that there's a huge flaw. This plot is so idiotic and so illogical. They're going to get the worst people, six of some of the worst people on Earth, and include some others like Joker in this whole plot, and uh, an enchantress that's like. All, nearly all powerful and these people are going to it's all going to work out they're all going to be like a dirty dozen and go out there and do their thing those of you know who the dirty dozen are that these those are some bad guys that went to fight during world war ii well anyway so how could they honest to god ever believe that these two non-metahumans are going to be able to control these people and to get them to do what they want be, at the beginning of the film already one of the metahumans supposed metahumans is dead. I mean, so uh, it's obvious that this couldn't possibly work out. There's no way you can control these people because they're either insane or just really, really bad people. So uh, I found the whole plot idea terrible. And of course, Rick Flagg, the only reason Rick Flagg succeeds through the entire film is because he is the only person that is really a good guy. I mean, he really, he's the Boy Scout in He's kind of the white, the white bread, as I would say. He's the Boy Scout. He's the, he's the one because of his honor and, and, uh, and you know this is going to work out. It's so predictable. This film is so amazingly predictable that yeah, I'm, I'm not real sold on the Amanda Waller. Her character's fine. She always does a good job. I, I really like the Rick Flag character. I thought he was quite well done. But again, he's, he's the one where everything pretty much is happening too. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, I thought, did a great job of portraying that archetype and so that part uh, i thought was 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 good everything else was really lame getting into the film 
I really like him as an actor. I saw, you know, he's, I liked him a lot in The Killing. I liked him in RoboCop. I thought he played his character really well in uh, this movie. I wasn't a big fan of the plot either. I didn't like uh, it, the villains; kind of felt very forced. Wasn't a fan, but I, I did like Amanda Waller. She she did. I liked her. I like her in the Murder Show, and she did good. Uh, how to Get Away with Murder? Yeah, yeah, and I thought she did really well in this. Well, she goes and gets approval from the government to uh, bring this group together. And so we have Slipknot, we have Katana, we have Boomerang, we have Diablo, we have Killer Croc, Deadshot, and Harley Quinn. We're going to save Deadshot and uh, Harley Quinn and discuss them individually, but who is your favorite of the other ones, Craig? The second most developed character, I thought, in this film was was uh, uh, was Diablo. I I thoroughly enjoyed his his performance. I enjoyed the character. I felt like I knew where he, uh, from where he was coming. There's a moment where he really lets loose on his feelings and emotion. Jay Hernandez, I think is really an up and coming actor. I've seen him in a couple things recently. So I really like his, his, uh, his, um, presence, but his character was just terrific. And when he's telling the story of how he lost his family. I'm not going to do that much of a spoiler. It's, it's really heartrending. And, and the whole, all these hardcore superheroes, you can see them are, excuse me, supervillains. These hardcore supervillains are damn near in tears when he explains that all of them have been there. His is probably the worst story of all. And they're just like, Oh my God, man. I mean, we've been there, but wow, that's terrible. And so I, I thoroughly, thoroughly liked his character. He's got the great tattoos and the great, great abilities that he's trying to control. And eventually he loses it. Yeah, it's it was it was classic superhero character. Nick, who stood out for you? Oh, he was my favorite as well. Diablo. I thought uh, they made him look awesome. He played his part really, really well. His character development throughout of it, how he's real hesitant to use a lot of his powers at first because of what he went through with his family and then seeing him overcome that and really help out the the group. And then when he transforms, that was, that was amazing. That, that was awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the stars of the show, because I was watching Deadshot and for a moment I was like, is this a Suicide Squad film or is this a Will Smith film? <laughs> Deadshot and Harley Quinn got the most backstory, but for a moment, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if this is just supposed to be a Will Smith movie featuring all these other people or if he's actually part of the team. Nick, what did you think of Will Smith as Deadshot? I actually liked his acting in the movie a lot. I thought he pulled off Deadshot really well, but I, I definitely got the same vibe you did where I felt like he was the rest of the characters are kind of centered around him. I, I got that vibe with a lot of the characters. I liked them individually a lot, um, but I felt like they didn't. A lot of them didn't like, weren't that organic together. A lot of the scenes or the between the characters felt forced. Craig, what were your thoughts? Well, this was to me this was Will Smith light. I mean, he he was there, but he, he, I wouldn't. I'm not going to go so far as say he he uh, phoned his performance in, but but it, it just seemed like he wasn't engaged in the in the in the role. And in the past, things like Independence Day, where he pretty much made the film, he was really engaged. In this one, um, he didn't do a, he didn't give a bad performance, but it wasn't all Will Smith. It wasn't committed, and of course, the fact that he got he probably got paid more than all the other actors together to be in this film, 
I think he should have given a hell of a lot more, frankly. It just it just wasn't there. I enjoyed I enjoyed his performance. I thought it was okay, but not not classic Will Smith. So little well not little. I was very disappointed, but you're right. He 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 stole he, he was given a lot of air a lot of face time, I guess, uh, which I think was unfair to some of the others. Another character that got a lot of screen time, but I did not um, want it to be reduced in any way, shape, or form was Harley Quinn, portrayed by Margot Robbie. She was, for me, the best part of the film. I was worried about that because I don't read the Harley Quinn comic, but I always liked that character in the cartoons. And so I have a definite vision of what that is. And so I have never really seen anything with the updated version, the more modern version of it. And so I was worried going in, but I loved her humor. I loved the stuff that she had. I loved that they gave us a backstory with the Joker. And for the, this universe, at least we got to see the explanation of what has motivated her to, and how she and the Joker fell for one another. What did you think of Harley Quinn, Craig? Uh, well, I love the actress. First of all, I thought she was a bright shining star in the legend of Tarzan. Uh, the, a recent film that came out and loved her in that film. And so I was really looking forward to seeing her in Suicide Squad. And sure enough, she delivered. I mean, she was funny. She had that. I don't know what I don't know the exact accent or exactly where she was supposed to be from. But she had a she had a damn near perfect accent and a perfect blend of the original doctor that she was supposed to be. She was supposed to be a psychiatrist treating the Joker and though I don't understand how he, she fell in love with him, it just seems insane to me. Um, but uh, that's a nice spoiler there. But she and the, the street girl, I don't know where that It is from. not a spoiler to say that Harley Quinn and the Joker fall in love <laughs> together. Good. I, that's, the enti- that's the entire premise of their introduction. Okay, well, her, then I, I'm glad it wasn't a spoiler. She, she's one of the few characters that originated in the cartoon, was so popular in the cartoon that they brought her to the comics. Okay, then, I'll, <laughs> then I'm fine, but oh my God, she, she, just, she has this, this wonderful dual personality where she's, She's this brilliant psychiatrist who's treating the Joker, and she's also this like crazy street girl. And I don't know how they I don't know how they did it other than the few shock treatments or something. But wow, is she is she so good in that role? And just I don't understand why she's necessarily in the Suicide Squad because she's really not that talented, a good fighter. But she but as far as being in the film, she's got to be there. You take her out, and this film loses big time. Because uh, it, I mean, she really adds something to the film. Without her, it's like, it's like uh, you know, one of the recent films that I've panned so badly, a superhero film. So yeah, she is a definite plus. Nick, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought she was uh, the star of the film. I, I think that's one of the things that left me kind of disappointed overall with the movie was that I was really hoping for a lot more interaction between her and the Joker throughout the movie. And I loved when she was on the screen. I, I, I wish she could have been on a lot more. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Joker because after Heath Ledger's Oscar winning performance in uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy, there were some pretty big shoes to fill for Jared Leto as the Joker. Now, granted, this is a different take on that character in terms of the stylings and those, and those aspects, but it's still something that 
or when you looked at the trailers and when you looked at the photos, it was like, well, this could be either really good, this could be really bad. There were also some reports that Jared Leto didn't go out of character when he was not filming, which made things interesting for the rest of the cast. Craig, what did you think of Leto as the Joker? Oh, I'm going to say this right now. I think, honest to God, I'm telling you, Jesse Eisenberg should have been playing his character, Lex Luthor, as the Joker in this film. That was not the jo- that was not Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman at all. It was the Joker, and it belonged in this film because Jared Leto was horrible. This, this this Joker is this is a classic character. This character has to be awesome for any film with uh, with him in it to be good. And this character is just terrible. He doesn't he doesn't seem like anything I've ever seen with the Joker. I mean, he just Jared Leto just dropped the ball big time. I mean. Uh, and when, when, when he's with Harley Quinn, she steals the show and she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be stealing the show. They should be at least equals in this. And Leto, I just don't understand his performance. I mean, we have some of the great, greatest performances in history, but Jack Nicholson and, and Heath Ledger, and this is just a slap in their face. This, this Joker is so bad. Uh, he should have had almost no time in this film as if he's performing it that way. I like Jared Leto. I, I think he's a good actor, but wow, he did not get the Joker at all. He was not up to up to par on this one. So, uh, you know, not to be too harsh, but my God, this is like this is like the best character ever, the Joker. You gotta play him with some real power. So, uh, you know, I know that was a little rough, Jared, but sorry, Nick. Um, obviously, Craig. Um, breathed in some laughing gas what did you think right. of the character? he was actually again one of the characters i was looking most forward to seeing when they came out with the, the promos i think his was one of the first uh character promos to be released with the photo and i thought he looked awesome i totally dug the the more maniacal and crazy and insane looking joker and uh i feel they didn't really give him a ton of screen time i when the when it was first announced, I thought he was kind of be going to be a member of the Suicide Squad. I, I had hoped to see a lot more of him. And maybe if we did, we could have seen Jared Leto do a lot more with his character to where he had very limited interaction with a lot of the characters and very few scenes in the movie. So, But I, I do agree what he did end up doing, the, the scenes that he was in, he, he didn't give the best uh, performance. I was kind of felt very underwhelming. See, I thought he was I thought he was serviceable. I thought in a a film where a lot of the characters didn't have a lot of backstory, at least we got it with Harley, Deadshot and the Joker. His portrayal was not something that gripped me like Heath Ledger did. And I think that in some ways the expectation might have been set too high post Ledger because this might be blasphemy, but I if I had to choose between Jared Leto as the Joker and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Wow. Email him. Email him every before I like officially say that I would have to go back and watch Jack again. Mm -hmm. But I, Jared wasn't bad, but he wasn't great, which is sort of my feeling about the whole film. That brings us to the villain. Enchantress, who is a character or a being, shall we say that has taken over the body of the woman that Rick loves, June Moon. And whenever the word Enchantress is whispered, June changes into this other being. And this other being wants to unleash holy hell on the planet. And she starts to do so. 
as she's doing this, uh, the Suicide Squad gets a mission that they have to go rescue an important asset. So they head out. They get to the top of the building. They've battled all the minions. And it turns out it's Amanda Waller, which I thought, you know, this is a little bit anticlimactic. I wanted someone who might be a character that we would see more in maybe the DC uh, movie universe. And so I was hoping it would be a nice twist. And so when it was her, I was like, okay, I get why they did this, but it was sort of the easy way out. Uh, And then after that, she's flying away. Her helicopter is shot down. The Suicide Squad has to go and try and rescue her again. Amanda Waller is taken hostage by the Enchantress and her otherworldly being brother, who are intent on controlling the world. And and the Suicide Squad then has to face off with them. And we get some good fight scenes. Scott Eastwood's character is going to blow up a bomb underneath them because the area where the, the bomb is going to be blown up is flooded. It goes off. There's a, The battle happens. And they end up defeating Enchantress. I, for me, when I was watching, I was like, okay, at least this isn't a purple and or blue being like in the Avengers or Batman versus Superman. It wasn't a great villain um, in terms of or an end of world event, but I was just happy it wasn't a purple or blue villain like in X-Men or Avengers or, or I guess Avengers was um, when Avengers came out and I'm thinking Ultron. Ultron wasn't blue, but I'm thinking X-Men. It wasn't blue or yeah, it wasn't Apocalypse. It wasn't the uh, dark side from Batman versus Superman. I was like, okay, this is interesting. What did you guys think of the climax? Uh, Nick? As far as uh, her being the villain, I actually really liked her backstory and that, you know, Enchantress would get her to switch between the two. Um, But I I do agree that it was very easy, almost even forced. I didn't like how uh, it was a villain or it was a character we had already been introduced to earlier. And um, when they're assembling the squad and then it suddenly kind of just happens, uh, just felt, like I said, not organic at all. The fight scenes, some of them, I mean, they were cool, they were entertaining, but I didn't think they were that... Um, I wasn't blown away. Like a lot of the characters are supposed, some of them supposed to have very special powers and it felt like some of the fight scenes were kind of, uh, underwhelming. They're just doing it everyday things that, a, an agent with a good eye or a good shot could do. And, uh, I wasn't that impressed as far as the climax goes. It seems like they took out two of the, the main villains with bombs that they just kind of had sitting around or had placed earlier. And it just seemed a little too convenient and, and not very climatic. Craig, I like I like the underwhelming comment. I think it was underwhelming. There was nothing special that took them out. It was just, I mean, admittedly, this film was better than The Watchmen. I hated The Watchmen. Uh, most of those guys had no superpowers at all. I didn't get the sense that these were, most of these were metahumans as they were supposed to be. But I expected them to be getting rid of villains in a better way than just blowing them up. Though I will say that the scene where where Diablo is fighting the 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 main villain in this. I thought was really enjoyable. That was I re- awesome. I, I, I almost wish that's how they would have eventually beat the villain, something like him transforming and being so strong and powerful and taking him out. Exactly. Exactly. I right. thought that would have been way better, way more climatic and uh, ending to where just a, a bomb that they had placed earlier and they were able to hit it at a certain angle. Exactly. They save the day and then they find out, well, that they're getting 10 years off their multi-life sentences. Three-term which... life sentence for Boomerang. Yeah. Exactly. The poor, the poor guy with his unicorn. I realize that from a plot point 
that makes sense because that's what's happening. I just hope that there had been a little bit more regarding what future Suicide Squad or hints at what future Suicide Squad films might be like. Maybe I was expecting too much. Uh, but if you watch through the mid credits, there was a mid credit scene in which Amanda Waller is sitting down with Bruce Wayne and she's getting up and they're discussing the world post Superman's death. And he's wanting some classified information. Now, how he doesn't have this already, considering in Batman versus Superman, we had files on a computer already. I don't know. But it basically set it up another another uh, it, it was another tease for the Justice League movie. And in this film, we actually got to see the Flash in a cameo. What did you think of that, uh, Nick? Oh, no, that was cool. Uh, seeing a cameo of him. Um, I honestly didn't really understand what was happening during the mid credit scene. I think you actually had to explain it to me after. And after doing so, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Craig, what would you think? Of the mid-credit end of the Flash's cameo. Oh, I, I, you know, I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I was glad to see it. I was happy to see it. I did feel that finally DC is getting, getting that, uh, getting it down a little bit to how to link these films together, like Marvel already has to Marvel Agent of Shield, Agents of Shield. Uh, they seem to link everything together. Where I felt a little bit of that in this film, but I knew what to expect in the future. But seeing Flash for for a split second was at least something but I would have liked to seen a little bit more of it. One of the big things that we complained about uh, with Batman versus Superman was the fact that there was so little humor in it and it was too dark. Um, Warner brothers, as I mentioned earlier, um, was basically made some changes to it post Deadpool and Batman versus Superman. Um, Then it's recently come out in the Hollywood reporter that Warner brothers actually had two different cuts of the film And much of the humor that we saw in the trailer, because it was more well-received, was what they went with. And because I had read some of the analysis beforehand, or one of the reviews that had been pointed out that, or had pointed out, that like the first act of the film had a lot of humor and it was very engaging and and balanced it really well. And then the last two acts didn't. And that turns out, based on what I've read, that the first act was that other alternate version that basically they had worked to bring more humor into it. Do you think Craig, do you think that this was too dark? Did they have the right balance of humor, uh, humor and grit? Or do you think that once again, Warner brothers is off with their DC universe? Well, I think there were good moments of humor in this film. I think that as far as the humor and the lightness, it felt like it, it felt like I, I didn't read. I wanted to make sure because I I knew I was going to go in here here with bad, with really dark expectations, thinking it's going to be terrible. So I didn't read any of the 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 uh, the, uh, the scuttlebutt. I kept away from it, so I wouldn't go in there with too any higher expectations than possible. Then I had really low expectations. So I thought the humor was fine. I thought it was good, but I felt like they'd plugged it in, that they'd taken places where they could get away with a little humor. And plugged it in. So it didn't, it wasn't, as someone said earlier about something else, it wasn't organic. It didn't feel like it was, it was developed as the film was going along and these characters got to know each other well. So uh, as far as the humor, it was good. I'm glad they had it. It wasn't like Watchmen or, or that horrible Fantastic Four, which 
It's like the worst comic book film ever that you could make, given if you wanted to make one. I thought it was better. I, I read a review that said Fantastic Force doesn't have to worry. It's still the worst <laughs> comic book movie. <laughs> exactly. That was, that may have been my one of my reviews. I don't, no, that was not one of your reviews, but that, but that was uh, what they said. I know. You couldn't have planned Nick, to make a worse movie than that one. But uh, Nick, what did you think of the, the balance of humor and grit in this? As someone who didn't watch Batman versus Superman. You know, uh, that may have been one of the things when you when I you, with this was first announced and they came out with the trailer and you knew I was really looking forward to it. I think one of the things that kind of in that first trailer that made me look so forward to it was the the darkness and the grit. Like I I was actually something I think I might have preferred uh um cuz you know, it is a supervillain movie as compared to like a superhero movie. I'd be fine with it if uh I just feel like they tried like you said they re-edited it or they switched it to where they were trying to force this humor. Some of it came through, and I really like a lot of Harley Quinn, but a lot of it I felt like they were like, all right, let's plug something in here. Let's have her drop a one-liner here. And I, I just don't think it really ended up working out that well. I, I think I would have been much more happy with like a dark, gritty, really good drama action film. Is it wrong that I had more sympathy for Harley after she thought that Joker went, was killed than I did for all of Will Smith's scenes as Deadshot with his daughter? I, I had more empathy for Harley than I did for Will Smith being away from his daughter. That shows your dark heart, Luke. Your oh, okay. dark heart. Dar- dark heart. Okay. Well, at as of this recording, uh, Suicide Squad is set to make $146 million at the box office this weekend, it beating Guardians of the Galaxy's previous record. Craig, Batman versus Superman opened well, but then critics savaged it. And it didn't have the legs and it didn't make as much. It didn't even cross the billion dollar mark, which is what a lot of these big superhero films are expected to do to be, quote unquote, successful. Right now, critics on Rotten Tomatoes are giving it 26 percent while audiences are giving it 74. Do you think that the bad of word of mouth? I mean, on on this podcast alone, we've got three people who weren't entirely enthused with it at all. Do you think that it's going to be able to cross the billion dollar mark, or do you oh, think that Brother, Warner Brothers is going to have another Batman versus Superman on its hell hands? Hell no! It'll it. I can't imagine it doing as much as Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman could have been worse and still made uh, half a billion dollars. I mean, because of the subject. Well, it matter. made more than half a billion. I know it, it made seven hundred seven hundred fifty million dollars. I understand that, but what I'm saying is Batman could have done worse and still crossed the half a billion dollar mark. It could have been just good and it would have been well over a billion dollars so that was that was a disgrace that whole movie was a disgrace because the best subject matter in the world falls flat on its face this movie does not have the best subject matter in the world i think it could have been saved if you'd made it r and put and made it more of a maybe not terribly funny but more of a you know really edgy kind of thing uh like you know I, I, it had to be more Deadpool esque. Well, Nick, Deadpool, if you have not watched Deadpool, Deadpool Nick, it. if you have not watched Deadpool, you need to watch. I have, you need to watch great. Deadpool. Okay, I was going to say, knowing yeah, you, that would be something that you would love. No, for this sure, I did. Should, oh, sorry. Go ahead. This Craig. movie should be Deadpool meets Watchmen. It should have been a nice blend of those two, and it should have been planned that way. There should. Begin. Let's back up. I I reject that premise for the simple fact that there should not be anything meets Watchmen. That was an <laughs> awful movie. I reject that premise. <laughs> I figured you would, but it's true. <laughs> no, it's not true. Come up with a better superhero movie to meet it with, and then we can go from there. Mystery Men. <laughs> not, <laughs> now you're just being petty. I'm only saying uh, I'm only saying Watchmen because a Watchmen was an R. 
That's the only reason I'm saying Watchmen. But yes, it's not not by any means any good a, a good movie in any way, shape, or form. But still, okay. Uh, let's go around the circle and rate Suicide Squad out of five stars. Nick, what would you give it and why? I would say two out of five stars because um, I, I was entertained. Like I, I didn't at any point be like, "Oh, this is awful! I can't wait for this to be over." Like I, I had some laughs. I enjoy. I enjoyed it overall as far as being entertained, but. I wouldn't ever watch it again. I wouldn't really go and recommend it to anyone. Okay. Craig? Uh, by the way, in my defense, Watchmen got 65% from the critics, just so you just so you. Um, <laughs> it was still a terrible movie. I got that. I agree. But And Zack Snyder was responsible for it, too. Oh, God. Don't even remind me. But anyway, yes, I agree with that. I'm giving it, I'm giving the honest to God, I, I hate to do this. And I liked it better than Batman vs. Superman. See, Which, that's what I'm running into, too. Don't yell at that's me. That's what I'm running into, too. I can't believe Batman vs. Superman got that good a rating. So so I'm gonna, I am gonna. got to give it a 2. I don't want to give it a 2. Craig, you can't give it a 2 because you gave Batman vs. Superman a better score, if I remember correctly, on the podcast. Uh, I'd have to go back and listen to it on Pop Confidential, but I think you gave it a 2.5 at minimum. No, I did not give Batman vs. Superman a 2 and a well, okay. Those of, <laughs> those who listen to both Geek Confidential and Pop Confidential can go back and see what it was oh, that you gave. Yeah, you'll have. But at this time, this time you're giving it a two. Yeah, I'm giving this one a two, regardless of what I gave Batman versus Superman. I'm giving this one a, a two. I bet I give. I think I gave Batman versus Superman a one and a half. For me, I <laughs> I gave Batman versus Superman what I am progressively realizing was a too generous score because I gave it a three for the simple fact that Warner Brothers did what they needed to do in launching the universe. And I regret giving it a three for the simple fact that it should have probably been a two because I enjoyed I enjoyed Suicide Squad more than Batman versus Superman because of the humor, but it didn't have a better storyline. And so but I don't feel that Suicide Squad deserves a three, but it was still better than a a Batman versus Superman. So I'm going to say that Batman versus Superman as a three was anomaly. I'm going to retroactively downgrade that to a two. <laughs> and then I'm going to give and then I'm going to give Suicide Squad a two and a half. So now that my conscience is clear because that has been unsettling to me, Batman versus Superman as a three. That was just too much. Okay. This episode is going to be the first episode that is going to go live the same week that the podcast is recorded. So um, I had a request from one of our listeners who's been a long time Daytime Confidential and Pop Confidential listener who I let um, take a listen to. And he goes, I would really love it if you guys would give your recommendations for something that people should check out. And that was something that I would thought about doing, but I hadn't really had an episode to implement it on yet. So... We're going to try it with this one. Nick, uh, what would you recommend? You actually mentioned how we went to Comic-Con previously, and I cosplayed as a character, uh, Kaneki, from Tokyo Ghoul. It's an animated series based off of manga. Um, that would be my recommendation. It's a really good uh, anime series based on this kid who gets attacked or you know, by a ghoul. The ghoul ends up being killed, so he becomes a ghoul, and it's just his struggle with not wanting to kill or eat humans. But being a ghoul is has to do so, or he will, of course, die. The animation's really great. The characters are uh, really awesome. You see some awesome character development. I would recommend it. Okay. Craig? I'll say Stranger Things. I've had, <laughs> yes. I've had, 
I've had a dozen people tell me they loved it, and I've got to watch it because it's right up my alley. It's it's rather like E.T. meets uh, Stand By Me meets uh, Firestarter, etc. It's like Stephen King and and Clive Barker kind of squirreled together. So I'm I'm telling you, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It took me it took me less than 16 hours to watch all eight episodes, and that's including eight hours of sleep. If that tells you. <laughs> So it is really, really good and very much worth watching. My recommendation is also on Netflix, but it's because it's a little bit nostalgic and it's a little bit late to the game, but I'm working my way through it. As a kid, uh, in addition to Thundercats, He-Man, G.I. Joe's, Voltron was an animated series that I um, would sneak watching when I had the opportunity. And the new updated version is on Netflix and I'm working my way through it and I'm enjoying it because even though it's not exactly the same, it's it's a little bit of childhood nostalgia. The same way I watched the Thundercats that was on Cartoon Network a few years ago. And I'm still wishing for a big screen Thundercat movie. God. But I would I would <laughs> definitely recommend you check out that. Craig, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Z Movie Maniac at Z. OK. And you can follow this podcast at twitter.com slash gkconfidential. As always, you can follow me, Luke underscore Kerr. Also, be sure to check out the Facebook page. We're just getting it up and going. And that is at facebook.com slash gkconfidential. So we thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. See you later.